happening, guys? It's your girl, Mina. Welcome back to the Carrington Podcast, the Manchester United football podcast solely focused on covering the Red Devils up up north. So, unfortunately, unfortunately, Manchester United suffered a heavy defeat against Arsenal at the Emirates yesterday as of recording on Saturday. And, guys, it was my birthday. So, you can tell my birthday <laughs> didn't really go that good. I'm joined by Moyo, who is also at the game. Moyo, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It was good to see you yesterday. Um, and I'm sorry that they couldn't give you the birthday that we needed. <laughs> yeah, the, the birthday I deserve. Now, we got a lot to talk about because I'm sure Boy. a lot of people have stuff to say about the game. I saw Ian Wright kind of chiming in with his opinion mm-hmm, on Twitter mm-hmm. about Manchester United's current position. But just to go through the starting lineup for Mark Skinner, it was the usual 4 2 th- uh, 3 1. Only yeah. change really in the back line was Gemma Evans coming in at left back and Hannah Blundell changing over to right back because of Jade Riviere being out with a knock. She is not actually joining yeah. Canada for the Gold Cup, meaning she will stay across the international bake uh, for rehabilitation. Of course, Mary Earps in goal, Katie Zellum and Lisa Nelson in the middle, Ella Toon in the yeah. 10, JC on the right, Lucia Garcia on the left. Leah Galton was dropped mm-hmm. because she had an illness, I think, but she did come yeah. on in the second half. And Nikita Paris up top. And for Arsenal, I think the biggest shock for United fans was that Alicia Russo was dropped to the bench. She also did come on, but Arsenal still managed to cruise by with a 3-1 victory and a record crowd for a WSL game at the Emirates. (laughs) United fans were singing, uh, you're only here to see United, you're only here to see United. (laughs) Moyo, chat to me me about the game, because I think a lot of people have... Stuff to say, you definitely have stuff to say. I got stuff to say. Um, Boy. what did you make of, of the performance or the lack of performance? Oh shit, sorry. Um listen, my expectations going into the game, yeah, were not high. Like I think we spoke we spoke outside the game, do you remember, yeah? And you I was like, please I'm United, I'm begging you to get something for me. And you were like, You're having you're having the feeling that we're gonna get spanked. I said, Boy, I hope not. I said I hope not, but no. United said C for consistency. We lost three one to all the other big teams, so we might as well add another into the mix. Before the game, I did actually think it was going to be like someone asked me before the game, "What do you think the score is going to be?" I said I'd take a two two, but I think it's going to be three one Arsenal. And bang on United, United stay just being predictable. And I think that's what we were talking about the last time I came on the pod. I was like, there's a predictability that comes with United in the sense that not only do they know... So teams are able to plan for how they want to play us so well in the sense that early on, early doors in the game, United were actually getting quite a lot of joy like going for Kadena. Um, Jace, there was a point Jace ran at her, she got tugged back. There was a point Nikita Paris ran at her. Kadena was feeling under pressure in centre-back. Jonas realised that immediately, by the way, and switched the press quicker than you could have even blinked. Like, there's a certain um, speed that you want a manager to have a thought process of. Like, we as fans want to know that we're, the team is in the hands of someone that can see, the, that has great oversight. And I thought that, that was the biggest thing that yesterday showed that when the chips are down, we don't really have a remedy. Yeah. I think yesterday's performance, the biggest issue for me was, it was just a very uninspiring performance. Yeah, yeah. Players didn't know what to do when they had possession. 
out of position. They didn't know what to do. I think the most difficult thing for me to see, in particular in yesterday's game, I love Lisa Nelson, but I don't think it was the game to start her in the midfield. I think Hayley Ladd. I think Hayley Ladd should have started in the middle because United yeah. struggled so much. Arsenal suffocated uh, United not just with Del- pressing badly, but but even like closing the passing lanes, which resorted to Maya Letizia, Millie Turner passing it back and forth to each other forth. in the back. Yep. Which is not their yep. fault. It's not their fault, but they it have isn't. nothing else to do. They couldn't play out through the wings. Jade Riviere is good on the ball. Yep. Hannah Blundell is decent on the ball. Gemma Evans is not so not so good on the ball. Yeah. So they couldn't play out through the wings. They couldn't play through the middle because Katie Zellum picks up the ball back to back to the opponent. She's getting pressed. Yep. Two, three players are coming to close her down immediately. Yep. Yep. And she panics and passes it back. For me, it was a very uninspiring performance. I mean, in the second half, when all the subs happened, I felt like they took matters into their own their own hands excuse me yeah, yeah, they, said F, they said they said F a game plan we're just trying to let's just see what we can do in it we've got four we've got however many minutes let's just see what we can do and I think even Arsenal I will be real guys I will be so honest three nil I think some of the goals we gifted to them I think the first one some, was an own goal. Two, two. two of the goals we gifted to them and my biggest issue was even the second goal which was the clearance from um Zellum. she Zellum. slipped though she slipped. It was slipped, and it was very like it wasn't a very powerful clearance. So it was one of the ones where it's 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 on on any other day it could land anywhere else, but just yeah. that day it just happened to land where our Arsenal player was already standing. So so that I agree with yeah, and two of the goals were like gifted to them, but I will say yeah as well, they hit the post twice. Katie um, Mary Epps made two ridiculously good saves, like maybe even three. Like off the top of my head, I can remember three that she got down so low for, closed down the space really quickly. Um, I'll be honest, Mary Epps is one of the few players that can be like, boy, I did my thing. And and I'll, and I'll give her that. I'll give her that for this game. She looked you so see? distraught after the game. She came over to their she way looked, yeah, she, she looked, looked distraught. Yeah, she did. She and did. I don't know and why she shout her shout out to Mary Epps because I don't know what she possibly could have done more of to she couldn't make there's nothing a gracious, gracious, uh, gracious defeat. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that is the the underlying mef- like message here I think because there's certain ways to lose, and it wasn't that it it just wasn't that and to lose like that yeah in front of that many people, and so many people were tuned in as well like this is a big game, and this is what I mean about though. The players need to buy into the manager, yeah? And when players buy into a manager, I think that there's a certain way that you lose. I'm not saying you're not going to lose games. You are going to lose games. Because Arsenal, if you think about it, Arsenal squad is better than ours. My issue with the whole, like, squad stuff, recruitment, is I think that that narrative is so lazy. I think it's mad lazy. I think it is a lazy narrative. It's so, it's so lazy, yeah? Because if you look at who Arsenal have lost to this season... You can't say categorically they all have better squads than us. I'm sorry, you can't. You cannot. Tottenham beat Arsenal. Tottenham beat Arsenal. So let's not act like it's only the Chelsea's and Man City's of this world that can beat Arsenal. There's a certain way to lose. West Ham beat Arsenal. I was at that this game. Is what, I went this is what I mean. They, 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 they didn't spank them, but they held their own in a much it, better way than the United did. And and this this is what I mean. That's what I'm saying. The narrative about recruitment and stuff. Yes, there is an element of recruitment, but it's so the argument and how they're pushing it is so lazy. I think for me, one of the biggest identifiers yesterday is even even the use of substitutions. I will be so honest. Jace didn't look like she was up for it. From ten minutes into the game, 
she she didn't but also you remember she wasn't in the squad the game before i yeah. actually think she and he said that she had like a niggle or something i don't actually yeah. think she was fit yeah she looked like because... she was just not up for it she wasn't running she wasn't taking anyone on she wasn't really supporting her fullback she was she just wasn't... there but doing nothing yeah. at the same time and yeah, I agree. And the biggest the biggest indicator of her not really being up for it yeah, was there was a couple of times yeah, that she, the ball got played into space, but she wasn't outpacing the fullback the way she yeah. normally does. That's why I was like, she ain't 100%, man. And I'm not trying to use it as an excuse, but I also think that, like, it's tricky when you've been playing a certain way and having the same fullback behind you and stuff. And you're, you, like, the relationships had started to be built between fullback and wingers, and we'd seen that in recent weeks. Um, and it was I- tricky because... Yeah. I was gonna say I always think Hannah Blundell is better on the left. I don't I don't think she's good as a right back. From the games that I've seen this season, she she's she's yesterday she did decent, but Arsenal were literally taking advantage of Gemma Evans. Beth Mead was in heaps <sighs> of space every time and they just switched pleased. the ball over to that side. Every I literally time. I literally said, yeah, before the game. We all know Jade Rivera's injured. We all know that. But please, I'm begging you, do not put Gemma Evans at fullback. And this is not a. This is what I'm saying. When I'm saying this, it sounds like a Gemma Evans thing. This is a. Let's think about what is the less drop. Like what is the least drop off here? Like, yeah. it was so blatant, yeah, that even if you had to play Gemma Evans, that she had to play at centre back. I wouldn't even play Gemma Evans, yeah, against Brighton at fullback. Let alone. <laughs> let alone against Beth Mead and Chloe Lacasse. Like, guys, let's actually just use our brains here. I mean, she Why played was... there against City as well in the Conti Cup. I don't know if you remember against Chloe Kelly. Yeah, and, yeah. and this is what... Th- that's what I'm saying, though. It's 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 an inevitable... It's an inevitable quicken. The, I would have put May Letizia personally at fullback, and I said this before the game. I tweeted saying, listen, if, if Gemma Evans is going to play, she has to play at centre-back, and May Letizia has to take one for the team and play at fullback. Someone asked Mark Skinner that about that after the game, and yeah. he was like, "Oh, what Maya brings centrally with the balls over the top, bro? What balls over the top did she get to do yesterday?" Now I'm, I'm genuinely asking. I want someone to run me the stats from yesterday. I want to see everyone's draw percentage, and I want to see everyone's passing percentage. There were no. The thing is, this, there's no clip balls over the top because Katie Zellan would ask for the ball. I literally where I was sat here was the perfect view to see exactly what was happening because Katie Zellan would ask for the ball. As soon as Millie Turner would want to give it to her, Kim Little would shift right in front of them. So, like, she's in between the two. And then the yeah. two wide players, yeah, come in like this to block. The, they've literally blocked off every single passing angle to Katie Zellum there. And this is what I mean. I think if we look at the midfield that Skinner has gone with in all of these big games, it has been the wrong one each time. It's like it's like the midfield that you should play against City. You end up playing against you end up playing against Arsenal with that midfield. The midfield that you play you play with Arsenal. You you should play against I don't know uh, uh, Chelsea or something. But even Liverpool are breathing down United's neck right now on, on the table. We are and United. That, are that's the biggest indicator. That's the big. That's the ahead. biggest indicator though that the the recruitment stuff is lazy. It's, it's like genuinely. true. I think I agree with that. And and Ian Wright actually called it out, saying that it's it's a lazy narrative to use because that's whenever I watch BBC BBC or Sky or whatever, they always talk about recruitment, recruitment, recruitment. But this is a team that has had a record record number yeah. of transfers. JC, we spent a record fee for to Barca to pay Barcelona for JC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
we spent the most in the summer transfer window. This is a yep. team that has recruited and yep. no, let me use this term correctly. This is a team that have spent in the summer, but whether they've spent it correctly is a different story. Now, things like um, um, what's her name? Oh, shit, I forgot her name. Gabby George, her ACL. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a, that's a freak. That you you can't anticipate that. You can't yeah. anticipate that. Um, you know. I think the biggest mismanagement in recruitment is not this summer. It's the previous season where you brought in players that are no longer at the club. Yeah, yeah. You've brought yeah, in players that are no longer at the club. How many players were brought in last year are still at the club right now? How many? Boy, and this is what I mean in general, though, because we have, if if we look over time, yeah, at the players that have been at United, and this is not even me talking about the Lauren Jameses and stuff that were like inevitable. Like in my opinion, Lauren James's transfer was an inevitable transfer. She was always going to end up back at Chelsea, whether that was when she actually went or whether that was going to be like roundabout now. It's that's all irrelevant. Let's even exclude someone like Lauren James. There's certain transfers that have happened that were like, if we think back to it now, they could have made such a big difference to what United wanted to do. The Jackie Gronin sale, honestly, was one of the biggest like forms of negligence I have ever seen in my life. The Jackie That's Gronin like sale, yeah. She's doing bits she, up here. She's, she's doing bits, yeah, and she wanted to stay at the club. Skinner, at that point, when they were asking him about the sale, his response at the time was, oh, well, everyone has a price. That was that was the statement he made. Everyone, there's a, everyone has a price. But that statement quickly changed when... Russo, when Russo, when the bid came in for Russo, yeah, that statement quickly changed when the bid came in for Onabatier. So it's not every person has a price because you don't want to sell bids have been coming in for Mary Earps and you've been saying no, so don't say every person has a price. There's certain players that you will try to keep. There's a way that you're supposed to act as manager when you know what the, that person brings to a team, yeah. To, you know, what's funny? A player. it's funny because you mentioned I'd like to see you know, the number of jewels people won and that, listen, I need that. Shout out to Footmob because I use Footmob all the time. I'm looking at United's starting 11 and the lowest rated player out of the starting 11 was a 4.7 in JC. That was, that was the lowest rated. The highest rated player is Lucia Garcia, who I think actually had a I good thought she was game. good. I thought I she was good. A very good game. Um, I thought she was good. Obviously got that consolidation goal. But she had uh, a rating uh, of 8.1. And everybody else is pretty much between the fives. Like Mary Earps, 5.9. Gemma Evans, 5.4. Ella Toon, 7.3. Gemma Emma, Evans got 5.4. And Jace got 4 point something. Yeah. That literally so, Mom, you, I won't lie. Your suspect, your suspect for that one. You know who I think had a good game as well, and I think I think if if the scoreline was different, people would talk about it more. Millie Turner. I think Millie Turner had a pretty decent game defensively. I think going forward, our our our, our, our the, the the back four were kind of just confused in how to break yeah. whatever yeah. Ars- however Arsenal was set up, and I think that's when coaching comes into it or organization from the coaching staff yeah. and the the manager. Because let's be real, Arsenal's manager would have had his plan. He would have had his tactics and it might not have been what United prepared for, but United should have been prepared for alternative setups from the opponent and kind of counter counter it. And I think yesterday, I'll be real. I was saying in the game, during the game, shout out to, to the, to the lot that I was sitting with. I was saying, if I will celebrate a shot on target at this point, if we just get a shot on target, that's how low the standards were yesterday. I was like, if we get a shot on target and then when it got to second half, I said, technically United won the second half. (laughs) 
technically yeah. you won the second half <laughs> I, I literally was like at this point yeah but the match is so done that I might as well just start counting nutmegs or something I just started saying you know what we have to take the small wins that we can because this team is done out here the, the actual squad as well yeah my reason for saying 3-1 before the game is because of what I saw at Chelsea so when I went to Stamford Bridge yeah, to watch the Chelsea United game I saw a team that don't believe they don't really believe they don't they don't, when they don't and that's why, yeah, you see in these big games, when the scoreline is nil-nil, they always look kind of, like, they look like, as soon as the opposition score, their heads, oh, the difference between how they play at nil-nil and how they play at one-nil down, it's big it's so bad. It's so and bad. Also, it's, not just, it's not just up against the big teams. It's not just up against the big teams. It's not, Even it's not, the it's not. Table teams, you know, when we played Liverpool, we lost to Liverpool at the end of last uh, last year, heads gone. Heads gone. Uh, Brighton, what I mean. drew, to, drew to Brighton uh, early in the season. Drew to Leicester. Drew yeah. to Leicester, bro. And this is what I mean, yeah. I can't believe they're trying to give us dialogue about recruitment, bro. We drew to Leicester. <laughs> we, bro, we drew to... And that's all respect to Leicester, yeah? Yeah, no disrespect to Leicester. <laughs> no disrespect to Leicester. That's Leicester. What, <laughs> Arsenal were, what, 2-0 down to Leicester. You remember? Yeah. They were 2-0 down to Leicester. And they won that game 6-2. Don't try and tell me that Leicester can't be got at. They can. And can they I just can. say, from watching, when I, w- I went to watch West Ham's game against Arsenal like a week or two ago, mm-hmm. and the Arsenal that I saw there and the Arsenal I saw today was, uh, yesterday, sorry, was two different Arsenals. That Arsenal yep. against West Ham, they looked a bit rattled. By they, looked rat- they looked a That's- little bit rattled. They were That's- unable to get any shots on target. They were just getting into the opponent's uh, final third and just doing nothing with it. Whereas yesterday... In the Emirates, it looked like Arsenal did not want to leave United's half. They wanted to it, live there throughout the night. And it was comfortable. It was kind com- they win back possession. They win back possession from the from United within their own half. Um, they're able to, you know, press them. They they're able to um rattle them, force them to make uncomfortable passes. You know, the amount of that there mm-hmm. was one segment of play. I can't remember, I think it was in the first half. Yeah, it was the first half because it was right in front of us. It was one segment of play where I watched the ball go from Blundell to Letitia, Letitia to yep. Turner, Turner back to Letitia, oh, Letitia back to Turner, yep. to, uh, back to Letitia. They had and everybody was just saying just pass the ball forward. Just pass the ball forward. Don't even go back. Just pass the ball forward. And United looked like the way that Arsenal was set up in their mm-hmm. shape, Rattled kudos them. to them. United couldn't do anything about it. And speaking after the game, um, Mark Skinner was speaking after the game, obviously, to press, and he said, it's probably where we're coming into this game. We have to be perfect in the big games, especially in a stadium like this with the fans. We weren't like that in the first half. We were a bit better in the second half. There's a lot to be excited about at Manchester United. Ineos are coming mm-hmm. in to help, willing to help, but it's where we are today and it hurts, but this is where we are. The goals we conceded are just not good enough. The corner comes in and it looks like an own goal, a penalty we give away and a clearance which falls to the head uh, of Lacasse who scores it. You can't concede those type of goals. It's disappointing, but you've got to look at it and try to get those out of your game. Today they weren't, but the girls regrouped at halftime and got over the first half, kept a clean sheet and they can be proud of that. Mark's going to just said what I just said as a joke before yeah. is that we won the second half. He just said they kept a clean sheet and they can be proud of that, i.e. in the second half, United didn't concede any goals, but it was down to A, the post saving United twice. And twice. Two, and then Mary, Mary Earps. Earps big saves. It could have been seven. It could have been it seven. It could and arguably it should, have, should have been seven. It should have been. The two post saves, it should have been, it should yep. have been gold. Any, any other day, I think that kind of goes in. That kind of goes in. I think 
Mark Skinner's comments intrigued me a bit because for once he didn't mention recruitment. Yeah. He did mention Ineos. And he did mention in. recruitment though later later on in the press conference. He can't oh, help this himself. Is, this is his comments directly to Sky Sports. So maybe oh, he, cool. he mentioned maybe he mentioned recruitment in the press conference to to, yeah. to other media, but he, directly on TV he didn't mention uh, recruitment. But he's been every there's not a press conference that does not go past that the manager does not mention recruitment or the need to yeah. recruit better or recruit more. Yeah. You look at and and you know sometimes guys I kind of get where he's coming from because you look at Chelsea for example. They lose a player, they bring in another two easily. Quickly, they lose, quickly. They, you know, they brought in Ramirez easily. Spent a record for you at the time for her. Yeah? Comfortable, they do it. But Chelsea's pool is different. People yep. want to come and play at Chelsea. They and you have play. to earn that. You have to earn that pool, though. You yeah. have to earn that. 100%. United aren't in a position where they've earned the pool. They've, they're not in a position where... I think, we look back on last season. Do you think last season was kind of a fluke? Do you know what it is? Last season, we overperformed big time. Like, I 100% get, like, I think people are slightly confused, yeah? Because especially for people that only watched last season, they think that that's, like, our base level. It's not our base level. We really, really, really overperformed last season. Even if you just look at the XG, like, we overperformed our XG by so much. And we, we overperformed, yeah, the goals we were supposed to concede by a lot. By a lot. I genuinely don't know how we didn't concede more. And I don't know how we scored as much as we did. But I will say that when you overperform, expectations change. That is life. Do you get what I mean? That's life. Obviously, it doesn't mean that you have to give us the exact same thing. But the way life works is if you show me that you can do X, Y, Z, obviously, I'm going to now hold you to a higher standard than I did before. And I think that within reason, having higher standards is not a bad thing. Like, I think that's what I'm saying within reason. I think yeah. the problem is, yeah, some United fans obviously think if you actually look at it squad on a squad level, the top three right now have the top three best squads, and that is just the plain and simple of it. The top three right now have the three best squads in the league. Cool. I do think, yeah, there is something that we can do though as a club to make sure that we're utilizing our own resources in the best way that we can. There's certain decisions that the club made in summer that still, I'll be real, are not making any sense to me. Like what? They don't make... Boy, I remember when... Um... <laughs> I, I, remember... I want to know where this is going. <laughs> cool. I remember initially yeah, when um, Honor had just like gone, confirmed, yeah. and Russo had gone, confirmed. And everyone was like, cool, United, like, give us a signing. Like, what the hell? Give us a signing. And they teased the signing, teased the signing, and they told us it was Gemma Evans. And I was like, read the room. That was my first thought, read the bloody room. Because you remember also, and this is not me saying that she hasn't been a good servant for the club, when United signed Rachel Williams, there was uproar as well. You remember? Saying that we're, we're, we're shopping in the wrong supermarkets right now. We're shopping in the wrong shops right now, bro. Like, you look at the caliber of players certain people are getting and you look at what we're doing. But also, I have to look at some of the like renewals that we did. And this is what comes back to, back to you. I was saying to someone yesterday, I think the club sometimes is too emotional with how we do like extensions, how we do buys. There's too much allegiance involved in what we do. Like, for example, listen, I like Aoife Mannion as a player. I like her, yeah? yeah. But there's no way in hell that I would have renewed her contract in summer. None. <laughs> really? 
none. And purely because of the fact that I got Gemma Evans. You get one, you get one, you get one blind, you get one, that's it, yeah? Because the whole theory is, yeah, you have to think, we sold Maria Torres Dotti. We sold Maria, yeah, you have to actually just deep these things here. We sold Maria Torres Dotti, yeah, who was probably more um, reliable injury-wise than Aoife yeah. Mannion, yeah? And then we brought in Gemma Evans, who had just gotten relegated. True. And then we re-signed someone that had just done her second ACL, yeah, in two years. Like, guys, let's just, everyone just use our brains here quickly. No no serious club, none, is having that many people on the books that you don't want to play. My my whole thing with recruitment is I'm always down for, like, building a squad. Obviously, you have to build a squad, yeah? You have to have some people that are calm with not playing as much. You have to have some people that are of a high level that can push your starters. Yeah. And then, you, you, and then you're supposed to have some people that you buy that are better than your starters and are supposed to relegate your starters to the bench. That's the way it's supposed to work, yeah? United didn't buy anybody to push their starters to the bench. That's point number one. Didn't buy anybody to push their starters to the bench. Yeah. They bought players to replace the players that they'd lost, but they didn't buy anyone to replace the starters that was that was starting and stayed. I think if you look at and I think part of that is emotional. Like Leah Golden, I'm a huge Leah Golden fan. I think she's been class for years. I think she's been probably one of our most consistent performers. She hasn't been good this season. She has not been good this season. I all, think last yeah. season, it's funny because last season was her better season. Ella so, Toon didn't have a good season. This year, Ella yep. Toon's having a good season and Leah yep. isn't. Yeah. Le- Leah's having a bad season still. She's having a bad season. And it was only until three games ago that he put her on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. It's only until three games ago, by the way, that he put her on the bench. This is what I mean, though. Some people are allowed to drop consecutive stinkers and stay in the team. And some people, you get one chance, and if you drop even a quarter of a stink art, you're not playing again for the next month. And I think that's where it comes here yeah, with like squad building and squad unity. Because normally, yeah, you see me, if I'm supporting a team and my team's losing, I at least need vibes. I at least need something to show me that, like, do you know what I mean? There's not even vibes right now. The vibes are dead. The, the team looks, I don't want to say disintegrated, but they, like, yesterday's game, it just looked like. A bunch of everyone was just doing that. Everyone was yeah. just doing their own thing. Like I can't believe they were trying to suggest yeah that United, you know, like they asked him about the press after the game, saying that like United started well. What happened to the press? And he started talking about it's difficult. We don't have the physical structure in our team to press for ninety minutes. Ninety, we pressed for about six. We <laughs> pressed for six minutes. And if you're gonna tell me that you need bundles of physical like capabilities to press for more than six minutes, then we're in the wrong. We're in the wrong institute right now. We're in the wrong institute right now. I'm not saying, obviously, pressing for 90 is crazy. Of course it is. Yeah. You would at least say they should be able to press for a half. Pressing for a half is a yeah. is a fair, it's a fair compromise. You press for a half, and then that's why you bring on someone in the front line like 60th minute to refresh and make sure that the press is still consistent. He said after the game, look at who Arsenal brought on and look at who we, we brought on. And the only reason, yeah, you see, normally when he says that, I'm like, your chat is shit. I'm not trying to hear that right now. The reason I got annoyed with it yesterday when he said it, yeah, is because he said, look at who Arsenal brought on. By the time Arsenal brought their first player on, we were 3-0 down. So it's not about who we, it's not about who we brought on. They the didn't bring on to change the game. They just brought Thank people you. on 
crush legs. The game was done long before the subs, by the way. The game was done before the first sub. And also, he's saying, look at who Arsenal got to bring on. Okay, every single person Arsenal brought on did not score or assist. None of them. So I don't really know what he's talking about right now about the players Arsenal brought on. The players Arsenal brought on did not score or assist. So the excuse is dead. That's true. That's true. And even even the people that United did bring on, I was shocked to see Williams coming on a bit early. She came on like 61st minute ahead of uh, Mel V. Mallard. For me, it's like, I get it. You're chasing it's, a goal. Oh, you bring my on. God. I'll bring on Mel V. Mallard. You, I think it's a bit of a discredit to, to Mallard because you're saying, look who Arsenal brought on. Well, Mallard is a four-time Champions League winner. She's, this is what I mean. She's got Now at United, she's got four goals. She's got four goals mm-hmm. in the league, yeah, in 12 yep. appearances. That is her second most in all of her football career. She's only yep. scored double digits once before for Leon. Her other years at Leon, she was getting two, three goals. In the yep. so technically, she's already surpassed her worst seasons. Her worst season, sorry, at Leon. She, she, I think her and Ella Toon took things into their own hands yesterday, hands yesterday the yep. and decided let's just yeah play a ball into the box because United weren't playing balls into the box. I don't think that was an instruction yesterday from the manager to play balls into it the wasn't. box. I think it was trying to balls over the top and yep. run at your full back. And- and that wasn't it wasn't happening enough. This is what I mean though. Because every time we did get the ball to Lucia or to Jace, we did look threatening. The main issue was we were getting the ball to them, yeah, once every 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like as a manager, for example, if I can see cool, I can see from the sideline that Arsenal have blocked off my passing lanes into Katie Zellum. As manager, you would expect, yeah, for him to come up with something, yeah, that is that essentially uses Katie Zellum as a decoy, yeah. Yeah, the ball needs to move to somewhere else. The ball needs to not even be going into Katie Zellum. Either that or Katie Zellum needs to be dropping in somewhere else. And that's something that you want the manager who has oversight of the whole pitch to tell you. Katie Zellum can't tell the team from where she is. She's literally, look at where she stands to co- collect the ball. How yeah. is she supposed to tell the team how to change the press? How? It's true. It's true. Um, Liverpool are about two points off now. Yeah. United. Which is Nasty. funny because there was like a thirty-point gap between them at the end of last season. Yep. Is it safe to say that United's top three race is done? It's done. It's so done. <laughs> it's I just so have to done. Ask. I just have to ask. It's done. Because I think yesterday, when when I saw you outside the stadium, I said to you, if Arsenal win, they're still in the top. Like they're still the in that title run. And I said, if United lose, they're out of that top three race. So would you yeah. say it's a failure if United finish outside of? Because last year, United finished in the top two, a point off top. They went out and spent the most money in the summer transfer window mm-hmm. to finish outside of the top three, outside of Europe. Do you think now that's a failure of a season in comparison to last year? And they're out of the Conti Cup. So now we're so, only really in the FA Cup. The Conti Cup one was unfortunate. So I'll give them that. I'll give them a buy, I'll give them a buy on that. Yeah, that one was not their fault. Fine. I think... If you'd have given it to me with no context and I said, after United losing Onobatier and Co, they finished fourth, I'll say, that makes sense. It tracks. Do you know what I mean? It adds up. I think having actually watched the games and seen how much unnecessary points that we've dropped, yeah, outside of those big three, outside of the big three. Yeah. Because you have to think here, the actual reason we're out of this title race, I mean, not title race, the actual reason we're out of this top three race now it's because of the draw to Brighton. It's because of the draw to um, 
Leicester, and it's because of the loss to Liverpool. That those three games alone, that's not even including the top three. Yeah, is what two points, four points, three points. So seven points, yeah. seven points. That's the difference right now between us and Arsenal. Seven points. So even if you even that's what I'm saying, people put obviously a lot of pressure on the games against each other. Yeah. But it's not just the games against each other that gets you top three. The games against each other is what gets you the title. That I agree with. The games against the top three is what gets you the title. But the games against everyone else is what gets you into the top three. That's true. That is 100% true. And it's funny because I am so worried that the game is going to go to the last game of the season again. Um, the, it the is. Title and Chelsea are, going to, Chelsea are going to hold the trophy at Old Trafford, bro. Either Emma Hayes is going to leave on a high or Man City are going to lift up a title on, uh, as a result of United getting a result against Chelsea, which I think at the moment is is quite unlikely. Um, as always, I always, ask, um, I always ask for listeners questions. And of course, people have a lot to say. People have a lot of questions to ask. Um, in the future, if you do want to send in any listeners questions, you can follow me on all socials at MinuteFootball. Um, t- shout out to Siobhan for the first question says, do you think United should cut their losses and sack Mark Skinner, even though there's a minimum of nine games left this season? We could be set for our worst finish in a WSL season and the players look so deflated. Uh, if It feels like if he went, the mood might lift. I would sack. I tweeted this morning saying at United, I want that communicado official. Where's that? Where's that? Where's that flag flying in the wind, please? I need that. Did but do you think sacking him would would solve anything? Because it's safe to say the season's done. And I think and this I have this debate a lot with like friends that watch the men's game and Eric Ten Hag. And I always have this conversation and I say, Well, if the season, if the if the if the if the title is pretty much out of sight, it would just shaken the it'll shake the boat a little bit by sacking the manager whereas if you wait until the end of the season between now and the end of the season there's about three months give or take Mm -hmm. that gives you three months of the opportunity to go out and recruit find the manager that you want to bring into the summer so by the because mark skinner's contract ends this summer there has not been any discussion or people there's been no uh, mention of a possible renewal a possible extension so i think Mm. whether he gets sacked or not i think he will leave in the summer that's a given. Now, yeah. if you were to go and I want I would say nitpick at managers now and say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna oil you up for the job in the summer when it becomes yeah. available, come with your list of the players that you want and you know, come watch the games and all of that kind of stuff, then I think that is more realistic. I think sacking the manager at this point, I I'm, and this is not me supporting the manager, this is not me like riding out. <laughs> I know that's I know that's your brethren. Some people are being like, like, like backing him, backing him, but just me saying that backing him right now, I think it will rattle the cage a little bit. And when I say that, I mean there'll be some uncertainty because what are you going to do if you sack him? Bring in an interim for three three months. Ineos have just come in to Manchester United. They haven't even uh, appointed uh, a sporting director or a director of football or the head of the women's team. It's still Polly Bancroft that is still running stuff. But they haven't appointed anybody for the structure. And anyone that's coming in, Amada Barada, who's been appointed as the CEO of Manchester United, they are all coming in 1st of July. 
So mm -hmm. all the decisions that Ineos have to make, I think, is going to be held off until then. Once everybody is in, once United have their hierarchy, once they have the CEO, the DOF, the sporting director, head of women's football, head of negotiations, all of that, because the head of negotiations is leaving Manchester United. The guy yeah. that lowballed Alicia Russo and gave Onabatier and Alicia Russo offers at the end of the season, despite knowing mm -hmm. that their contracts were ending. He's leaving. So I think, yeah. I think Ineos have a lot to solve before they look at the directions of the managers. And this is applicable, I think, to the men's and the women's team. But in the mm -hmm. instance of Mark Skinner, they're looking at it, I think, they're looking at it where they're saying, you know what? He's got a few months left on his contract. United ain't winning shit. Excuse my language, but yeah. we're not winning the WSL. Out of the Conti Cup. Yeah. FA Cup, maybe. But if we meet Chelsea at some point, it's or not City. guaranteed. Let's yeah. be real. City or or City. Chelsea, if we meet them, it's not guaranteed. So and, and, and you are guaranteed, like, the way it works, yeah, is that, even if you avoid one of them, even if you avoid them up until a final, you are meeting one of them in the final. You're going to meet them, so, yeah. Even if they meet each other in, like, the semis and United yeah, getting up. And whoever round. wins that game will get to the final. Yeah. So, that's the, literally the way it works in women's football. Like, especially, it's so, in this country especially, the final has at least one of Chelsea, City or Arsenal every single time. At least one. And more time, two. Facts, facts. So for, for for that answer, I will say that the question is, do you think United should? I don't think they should because I just don't think there's no value added to the rest of the season by, by yeah. doing so. Unless you want to talk about morale, if, the, if there's stuff happening behind the scenes. Unfortunately, we're not privy to know that stuff. We only ever yeah. hear about things once players leave, once yeah. agents yeah, yeah. clap back at the club. Once agents come out and make statements and make indirects and that kind of stuff. That's the only time. Let's be real, because we're not yeah, hearing yeah. it now. So if the players are deflated, that's a different thing. And also, who would even come in as an interim for three months? United have just brought in. Ineos have just come in. They are not going to hire someone for three yeah. months to be. So what's going to happen? It's going to be an assistant coach. We're Manchester United. We should not have an assistant coach as an interim manager. Let's be real. Right. If it was Martin Ho, shout out to Martin Ho, because I'm actually going to go watch him, uh, him and his uh, escape brand against Chelsea in the Champions yeah. League. If it was Martin Ho, I wouldn't complain. If you said to me, Martin Ho, interim manager, because he's he was the assistant coach, I'll be like, I yeah. bet. No that problem. is who the club actually should have been like, do you know what I mean? Preparing to take yeah, over. Yeah. But like, this is why like timing is so crucial, like especially with, with jobs and stuff and like, especially in football. Because it's like, the, the timing just didn't align. He got the brand off and it was like, I have to go. Like, let's say, for example, he was still at the club this season. I think, number one, we would have been better because I'm starting to think he was the brains behind the operation I think anyway. He was. No, I, don't, I don't think there, there's a big... If you watch SK Brand, I've watched them a few times this season. They're tactically, the way they set up, very similar to what United was doing last season. Yeah. Very similar. And Mark wasn't even writing down notes. Bloody hell. He was just letting, <laughs> he was letting Martin Ho speak. He wasn't even listening. Because now, you see me... If I had someone that was giving me the cheat codes here, yeah, I would have been listening attentively. Attentively. <laughs> oh, man. Big up to Lumbo with another question. Says, uh, do you think Mark Skinner is a big game slash club manager? Does he have tactics? Why doesn't he rotate his signings? No proper subs. Oh, that's a fully loaded question, man. That's a, that's a fully loaded question. Do I think Mark Skinner is a big game club manager? I, I think he has. I think, I think Mark Skinner has proven that he can coach to like a, a degree I think he can coach to a level of women's football um unfortunately if we say if we're if we're saying that Man United are a women's club Man United are a big club 
because of the name, not because of the accolades. Let's get that correct. Yeah. Let's get that yeah. correct. When we're talking about a big club manager, he, I might be as far-fetched to say that he's at the level that he should be because Manchester United haven't won anything. Mark Skinner has never won anything. Yeah. So what's the difference between Mark Skinner yeah. coaching Man United and Mark Skinner coming from Birmingham? Yeah, what's the yeah. Difference? Because yeah, Man United not won nothing. His Birmingham side, I'm pretty sure, finished fourth. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he, we're at where we're at his level, but we. The whole point was here. Yeah, if I'm if I'm a team that's gone from Casey Stoney, I don't want a. The whole point was here. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. The club have done itself a disservice here, because Casey leaving was an avoidable outcome. Yeah, and if Casey's leaving, I'm not going backwards. As a club, you have mm. to go and get someone like Casey was on a nice trajectory. She was a nice on a nice trajectory with players. Yeah, it's funny yeah because when we assess Casey's time as a whole, she had good players because like people were mentioned, she had Lauren James, she had this. There was very few times she had everyone fit at the same time. That's number one. Yeah, and number two, there were also players that she was making look a lot better than they are. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Like, if I look, boy, if I look at someone like Jess Jess Sigsworth, for example, yeah, yeah, Casey Stoney had me believing Jess Sigsworth was the next coming of bloody R nine. I'm telling you now because <laughs> Casey Stoney had Jess Sigsworth looking like a top shooter. I'm not even I'm not even messing about here. He had a looking peak. Yeah, Jess Sigsworth is is a championship striker now. Like. And and she was starting games for United. Yeah. Don't like do you know what I mean? Like, trust me when I say the squad Mark Skinner had last season, yeah. Or the, the, the squad she left him with, boy, he could have had no complaints. I'm telling you now. Like yeah. in terms of in terms of being a stable you you've got the fourth best squad in the league. Like a, a, a an assured fourth. Yep, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, actually missing. We're missing quite a few players to injury. I think, um, obviously, Hinata Miyazawa is missing to injury. Uh, it is, and I still don't think that the Miyazawa one is interesting. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it was me and you that discussed it. Yeah, but like, it's an interesting one because he references to her sometimes with, about being a player that we're missing. But I don't know how he wanted to because when he used her in the past, yeah, yeah, he was using her ahead of Haley Ladd. Yeah, yeah. That was how it was working. He was using her ahead of Haley Ladd, yeah. and essentially, what he's doing now is replaced Miyazawa with Nelson. That's what's been happening recently. But then they've given Haley Ladd a new contract. Thank you. And my second biggest issue in that year is that I wouldn't have wanted Miyazawa to start yesterday with Katie Zellum in the midfield pivot either. Like everything you're saying, sir, that it's not sound. It's not making me get more confident. Like. I would not have wanted a midfield pivot of Katie Zellum and Miyazawa to go to the Emirates, a sold-out Emirates. The balance, the balance does not make any sense. The balance doesn't make you know any what it sense. Is? You know, we talk about talking about the balance and just like, and, and this kind of links to the recruitment of the team. I feel like yeah. we've got a lot of players that play similarly. They in, do. In the positions. So you've got Alisa Nelson and Hinata Miyazawa. Technically, yeah. they are two different players but they yep. can do the same job on the pitch. Yep. Yeah. Then you have our wingers. You have 
Nikita Paris, who's doing well in the nine position so far. But I think... I don't think she was good yesterday. Her hold-up was really bad yesterday. Listen, really bad. Keats is my homie. And we always she's been, she's been, she's been class. She's been class this season. You know when I think like she plays yesterday? best in the nine? She plays best in the nine when she can run in behind defenders. Yeah. A team like Arsenal, a team like Chelsea, a team like City, you are not getting opportunities to put in balls behind, balls over the top. Yeah. You need a big number nine, a tall number nine, where you could just, literally, I don't want to call it lump it football, but it's lump it football. Put balls into yeah. the box, force goalkeepers to come out and scramble, force defenders to make an error trying to get a clearance. Yeah. Nikita Paris is not good at that. What Nikita Paris is good at is her pace, her yeah. balls over the top, yeah. and um, getting in, running in behind defenders. And she yeah. and, and if you watch the games where she scored a hat trick this season, she scored she scored two goals in multiple games. When, when she's it's been alert having, in the box, yeah, alert yeah, yeah. In the box, getting onto the end of something in the six yard box. She's not scoring yeah. screamers. She's not scoring. She's not scoring goals from good one two football link up play. She's yeah. scoring goals because yeah. she's in the box, in and around that six. When balls are put in from JC or whoever, Lucia Garcia, Golton, etc. Yeah. Getting on to the end of it on the end of a scramble and headers. She's scored yeah. a few headers this season. She has scored a few headers and. But when you look at Chelsea, Arsenal, City's backlines, they are tall. They're not giving. You, yeah, they're not giving you that. You are not out jumping. Sorry, Nikita Paris, I love you, but you're not out jump, jumping. Uh, Kadisha Pashanin, you're not out jumping her. Yeah, or, or Amanda Illicit. Do you know what I mean? You're not. It's not gonna happen. So unfortunately, I think that with when it comes to United's recruitment and just the way that the the, the players that United have at disposal, a lot of them technically are different in their technical yeah. ability. But they are yeah, very agreed. similar in the style of football that they play, and that's and that's the issue. Uh, big up to Namrata with a question. Thank God, it's no more Skinner questions, guys. She says, "Watching Spurs play, uh, which position do you think Grace Clinton will play for us next season?" I have a hot take, and I have a very hot, I have a big big hot take. So do Gra- I. But I you love, say yours. I, I love Grace Clinton. Yeah, I, I watched her when. I don't uh, like how this is starting, Minna. Uh, I watched that at Stamford Bridge. Uh, obviously, I've watched her multiple times this season. I think Grace Clinton should not return to Manchester United unless she's guaranteed to start. Yeah, I agree. That's my I opinion. agree. No, I, she's not a bench it, player. She's not a rotation She player. isn't. She isn't. And do you know what it is as well? The, the reason why I also agree is that because United have been so dead this season, yeah, yeah. the point difference between Spurs and United, like United, if you just go off this season alone, United ain't a level up like that. Yeah, like not there's nothing. There's nothing, you're, there's nothing you're more guaranteed at United than you are at Spurs. Like if, if the gap was what it was last season, then I'll be like, yeah, come like for sure, come back. Like, like we're gonna be in competitions far. Like, you're going to get game time because we're going to be in competitions, X, Y, Z. But that girl was a starter, a bona fide starter. And it's funny because I genuinely think her attributes could help this team so much. What somebody oh. actually asked another question. Oh, yeah. So, what position do you think Grace Clinton could play for us next season? I think Grace, I would like to see her in, in probably like the eight. I say an advanced eight, but that yeah. then is my problem with how we've recruited. Because this is what I mean, though, about like, and you were saying it before about how we've recruited. Because Lisa Nelson, if you ask her what her preferred position is, she'll say an eight, an advanced eight. You ask Ella Team what her favorite position is, she'll say a ten, but she can play as an advanced eight. If you ask Irene Guerrero, yeah, who they lied to us and told us was a DM, that girl is an eight, yeah. She's that's another eight. Miyazawa, another eight. Yeah, Katie Zellum 
is playing as a six and she is a number eight. Yeah? That's that's what five eights I've mentioned. Five eights I've mentioned already, yeah. And then I think Grace Clinton is a classic, she's she's literally a classic advanced eight. She's like she is who you would want perfectly, yeah, in that sort of left central midfield position, yeah. If you have a proper destroyer at CDM. Like if you have a proper I break up play up and down, that is she because I can't remember if it was you I was talking to you about, but like Grace Clinton's actual profile is so good for this league. Yeah. Because her physicality, like Mark Skinner was talking about after the game about physicality, and I actually think that's where that's what Grace Clinton has that I'd probably actually say the rest of our midfielders don't. Mm-hmm. Like, and she picks up pockets the same way Ella Toon picks up the pockets. So I feel like there's similarities between how Grace Clinton plays and Ella Toon in terms of like what the, the spaces they pick up. But I actually think here yeah, that physical wise, Grace Clinton's actually more equipped to play as an eight in this system. I agree. Like I'm not I'm not saying to uh send Ella to the bench. Let's be real. Ella's our best creator. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It it now depends on what you want to do as a club. Because what you actually should have done was to go and buy a CDM, a proper CDM. Especially if you used Borisa to get Guerrero. You literally you got rid of one eight to get another eight. You got rid of an eight that wasn't playing to get another eight that is now not playing. It genuinely does not make any sense, especially because you'd already bought Lisa Nelson in January. So you had an eight that already wasn't playing. Do you think that you you might have to offload some midfielders to accommodate for Grace Clinton's potential return next season? 1000% 1000% and then the question becomes who because mm. everyone has pretty much just come this it's is this is why we're in a problem this is literally why we're in a problem because you look at it, it's Irene Guerrero Hinata Miyazawa Ella Two, and they both just came Lisa Nelson Grace Lisa Nelson has literally only been here for one year yeah Hayley Ladd just signed a new contract yeah Ella Toon ain't going anywhere Ella Toon ain't going Katie Zellan plays every every minute of every game She's the captain. So it's like you've got six midfielders near enough, six, seven midfielders that do yep. the same job. And yep. so some of them will, as a result, play out of position and then yep. won't play there well or good. It will be interesting. Summer transfer window will be a very, I think, a very, very um, interesting one, I think, this yep. season. I think there will be some outgoes. I think United will sell some people. Um, inevitably, there will be some incomings as well. Potentially, United could find themselves with a new manager as well. It just, I think, a lot of the the managerial structure stuff depends on whether Ineos have their manager in yeah. mind already, which I think they do. Because just a quick one, like my theory is that you know, Sir Jim Ratcliffe has come in. He knew who he wanted his um, CEO to be. He knew who mm-hmm. he wanted his sporting director to be. They're pursuing him. They he knew who he wants his head of recruitment to be. They're pursuing him. So there's no reason that they don't know. Unfortunately, I think Man United women's team will not be as much as a priority as the men's team. But I, I'm hoping yeah. from what I've heard and what I've been told that it is still a very important priority to Ineos. Yeah, Manchester yeah. United women up there with the best in the in in the league and in European football, and invest yeah. in them and provide them a kind of a backing base that inevitably the Glazers didn't. Um, United have now it's an international break. So it's a nice little week and a bit without without football, without club football. Mm-hmm. Next game is West Ham away. Then it's 
um, Brighton in the FA Cup away and then United's next home game is Bristol City after that. What's your predictions for that West Ham game? Because they're a team that's fighting for every point right now. Yeah, um, I think we should win. I think we will win and I hope we will win. If we don't win that game, <laughs> if we don't win that game in a year, I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not buying what you said about waiting until the summer. I don't care. At this point, give it. At this point, give it to one of the fans. Let one of the fans manage. Because if we lose to West Ham, I'll be real. If we lose to West Ham, yeah, we're not even getting fourth. That's I mean, West Ham, beat, West Ham beat Arsenal, though. I don't care. It was it was a bit of a fluky win. Shout out to my homie, House Sissoko, who scored the winner. Um, yeah. But they like right now, West Ham are... I think they've actually lost... Today, if I'm not wrong, they've I think they've they actually two nil. They lost two nil, so they are a few to, points Ever- to, to Everton. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's a relegation battle amongst them. And what yeah. shocks me the most is that Brighton are just below West Ham. They're level on points right now, which is crazy because I would have thought Brighton would have been in and around that six, seven, eight place this season. Yeah, I I said the same. And to be honest, I'm still not really understanding their decision to sack Mel Phillips. But boy, they're gonna have to hold that. I don't get it. Oh man, that <laughs> he said, hold that, hold that. Yeah, that was an unusual yeah. one because I remember when United first game that United played against Mel Phillips uh, was um, last year, last year, yep. and Brighton gave United a game. They, what? Gave, United they, they gave United work, man. <laughs> they gave United a, a, a proper game, so a I don't know. Game. It'll be interesting to see how the next couple of weeks pan out. I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping for some wins. That's it. I don't care who ex- whose expenses that is at. I'm just yeah. hoping for good yeah. wins and good performances. Yeah. Um, that's Agreed. it. Big up to everyone uh, for listening here. It's the Carrington Podcast, the Manchester United Women's Podcast, solely focused on covering the Red Devils up north. I was joined second time appearance, second time appearance from Moyo. Moyo, let them know where they can find you, and of course, I'll put all the links in the bio of the audio. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me, always. Um, And, yeah, you can find me on... My my name on everything is Moyes Laboratory. Um, And then you can find me on the Gold Diggers podcast as well. I will put the links to that shout-out to the Gold Diggers lot. You lot, I was listening to the your new WSL episode and it just yeah, it made me laugh. Guys, go check it out if you haven't. If you have any questions, if you have any thoughts on this episode, do let me know at all socials at Minna Football. As always, yeah. I'll be back in the next week. I'm going to actually switch it up a little bit because there's no match day content. I'm going to switch it up a little bit and have another guest on. You don't want to miss it. Um, so be sure to check it out. Be sure to hit five stars wherever you are listening on. As always, guys, it's Moyo here. Thank you for joining me. And it's your girl, Mina. Until next time, guys, peace. Oh, no!